We have got some news on some PWO dudes just in time to enjoy popsicles in this wonderful weather as number three ranked KU Jayhawks come into Gallagher Iba Arena in what has now become a must win, but we can win. Speaking of winning, the Steelers did not quite get it done, which means the Mason Rudolph and Jalen Warren ride, at least for now, appears to be over. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on X at All Day O State. Today, we are partially brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment matter more than FanDuel because right now, our new customers get $150 back in bonus bets guaranteed with any $5 bet. Go to vandal.com slash locked on to get started today. We're going to get started with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph were the talk of the NFL for the last few weeks of the season, especially coming into the playoffs. Because when Mason Rudolph took over as a starting quarterback, the Steelers had a 13% chance of making the playoffs. And they did make the playoffs. Now, making the playoffs is not sufficient in Pittsburgh Steeler country. And Mason Rudolph is not going to be, you know, happy with not getting the W. But the Bills started off very hot. The Steelers' defense could not stop what was happening in the beginning of the game. It snowballed, but Mason Rudolph did, in fact, find a way to come back and make it not only a ball game, but with uh, around seven minutes left. If the Steelers would have got one more stop, it's a 17-24 ball game with a humming Steelers offense getting the ball back. But unfortunately, around that seven-minute mark, that did not happen. The Bills drove down the field, scored a touchdown, which basically put the game away. Mason Rudolph, again, made a pretty good account for himself, putting up almost 230 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a pick on a really nice drive, and the pick wasn't an atrocious throw by any stretch. But when they dropped that many dudes back into coverage, and the left side of the field opened up. Mason Rudolph could have pretty easily ran that in for a touchdown. He didn't see the opening. He tried to make a throw. They made a good play. And Jalen Warren, he only got eight carries, but he averaged 4.8 yards of carry in those eight carries. Jalen Warren's place is not an issue. There's nobody in Steeler country saying that Jalen Warren should not be 110,000% the guy with Najee Harris next season once again. But you're also seeing a decent contingency for the Pittsburgh Steelers faithful that are now saying that they think Mason should come back. Matter of fact, on the poll that we put up yesterday in regards to this very thing, it got a couple hundred votes, and it was actually pretty close. Last I looked, it was around 60-40. 60% of people think this is the last time that Mason Rudolph will be in a Pittsburgh Steelers Jersey handing off Jalen Warren, but roughly 40% thought that there was a good chance the Steelers would find a way to bring him back. 
I do hope that they kind of bring him back. I mean, there is a small part of me that feels like how he was mismanaged and disrespected by not only the staff, but also the fan base for most of his time in Pittsburgh is kind of inexcusable. And there's a lot of Steelers fans that backed Mason Rudolph very hard that agree he's probably not going to get an even competition with Kenny Pickett. He's a first-round pick. He's a pit guy, right? Some of that, that home t- hometown hero sentiment wrapped up in there. So they have way too much invested in Kenny Pickett for them to have a real competition between him and Mason Rudolph. But Mason Rudolph is significantly light years ahead of Mitch Trubisky. And Mitch Trubisky got a two-year, $14.3 million contract. I know words are hard for me. I apologize. Which means it's a little over $5 million a year. Mason Rudolph's on a one-year, $1 million contract. One in, one in a little, little bit of change. It wasn't even 1.1. Which is obviously now done with. That contract is over. So if you look at somebody like a Gardner Minshew, I think that's somewhat comparable to the potential trajectory of what Mason Rudolph is looking at career-wise. He signed a one-year $3.5 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts. And he had a pretty successful season. Is Mason Rudolph worth more than Gardner Minshew for a one-year deal, $3.5 million? I'd say so, or at least right there with. Is he worth more than a Mitch Trubisky contract of two years, $14.3 million at almost five a pop? Yes, he is. So can the Steelers afford to pay him more than they're paying Mitchell Trubisky right now? Probably not, which means that he would fall somewhere in that $3.5 to $5.5 million one-year deal, if that's in fact what it is, off of a one-year deal, which means the Steelers financially probably are not going to have the ability to keep Mason and give him a legitimate opportunity to compete for the starting job with Kenny Pickett when they have so much wrapped up in Kenny Pickett. It's nice to know that Jalen is not a conversation unless somebody is going to come in and pay Jalen big money to steal him away, which is still a possibility. I think that with the love and support that Mason did get towards the tail end of this run here, it would be nice to see him back in Pittsburgh. But if you heard his interview that he did on the field, I can't remember the lady that he did the interview with, but it was right before a day or two, I think, before the Ravens game. And when she was asked, you know, what's your future going to look like? His answer wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't an indictment on Steelers Nation by any stretch, but he didn't seem like, you know, overly adamant that I absolutely would love nothing more to, than to come back and be a, a Steeler. He didn't say that either, and he didn't really give that indication. So maybe he feels like he got wasted in, in Pittsburgh, and now that he's proven that he's not only a commodity, but he's somebody that you need in your facilities. There's a lot of Steelers players that definitely got behind the Mason Rudolph train, and it almost led them to a victory. Because I really, really, if you watch that game, momentum does matter, and it was clearly shifting in the Steelers' favor. Mason had consecutive drives up and down the field. There were some receivers that dropped balls 
and they were thrown in crazy tight windows. There was a couple throws that he made that were like, oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm surprised he threw that. I'm also kind of surprised it hit the receivers in the hands, both hands, at least two different times, one of which, which would have been for a, a touchdown. It's been an amazing run. It's been an amazing ride. Uh, I feel duped now. I've purchased Peacock, and I don't really uh, care to watch the rest of the NFL playoffs. I mean, I, I'll get behind Malcolm and the Lions, but for the first time in a long time, Malcolm Rodriguez actually didn't play a whole lot the other day. So I don't really care to tune in to the Lions if Malcolm's not playing, to be 100% realistic with you. So now I've purchased the stupid Peacock thing that I won't use hardly again. It is what it is. We are where we are, just like we are where we are in basketball. It's a must win. It is. I know that maybe sounds a little rushed, but I'll, I'll explain why this is a must win and also why we can win. I also need to explain to you why it's a must for you to make sure that you have Jace medical in your lives. Now, you guys are somewhat familiar with some of my, my medical situations. Obviously, not everybody because this whole thing is growing, but y'all know that I have to have a couple different medications to prevent more amputations, right? More medications, less amputations. That's kind of what I'm looking for in life. And although we like to have a crap ton of fun here, it helps us escape the realities of life, but you got to be prepared. And right now, the FDA is saying the pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of this flu season. It should be, uh, you know, slightly worry worrisome for you. But if you have Jace Medical or the Jace case, that helpless feeling can come down significantly. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses including respiratory infections, sinitis, skin infections, UTIs, and more. This stuff could happen to any of us, and being unprepared is not beneficial to you or your family. So make sure you visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your med medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important that you prepare than today. Go to jacemedical.com. And use our code locked on for $20 off your order again. That is jacemedical.com. Use promo code locked on for $20 off. We cannot take this game off. Rock Chop cannot get the better of us in Gallagher Iba Arena this go round. Now, the tail of the tape, as it were. It shows you statistically we do have some chances here. Not to mention Mike Boynton, about the only successful record he has as a Cowboy basketball coach is against ranked teams, especially inside Gallagher Arena. We've said it. We'll keep saying it. We'll beat our heads against any wall saying it. If you don't win, we're filling up Gallagher Iba. For what? Again, Mike Boynton can win these games. He does have a little bit of a proven ability to win these games. We haven't had a ranked, well, top three win in Galgariba since 2016, 
ironically enough, against KU. I was at that game. It was packed to the brim. It was crazy, wild, loud, and raucous. I always remember that game because this is back in my old days, and I got to take a few clients to that game. And those clients had season tickets uh, to Big Ten schools, and they were actually amazed. They were texting me the next day saying their ears were still ringing. They actually had no idea that Oklahoma State had it like that inside Galgar Iba. And since then, it's never gotten back to that. And yes, we won that game. And yes, we 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 were up in the top three all-time decibel reading meter thingy, Mojave. But since then, we we haven't got to have a lot of those experiences. The youth, the fan base, the students have really never got to experience what Galgar Iba is. Now, now, normally, you know, I would be hooting and hollering about filling up the seats for this game at least. Because, again, historically, this is a game that we can win. Bill Self's record inside Galgar Iba is not the, the greatest thing since last bread. Right? And then again, statistically, we're eight and eight. That's not good. They're 14 and two, which is kind of why they're ranked number three in the country. But we're averaging almost 73 points a game. They're averaging 78 points a game. We're giving up 68 a game. They're only giving up 66 a game. When I say only, it's only a couple points difference. So when you take that into consideration, they're not blowing us out of the water statistically. Field goal percentage. We're 46%, which actually isn't too bad. They're 50%, which is pretty good. But from three planned, guys, we're 36%, which is not good. And they're 36%, which is also not great. Free throw percentage, they've got us there. We discussed this yesterday, how abysmal that's been and how disrespectful it is to Eddie Sutton's name being on that court that you shoot free throws that terribly on that court. But, of course, they're 74%. We're 65%. We're realistically, percentage-wise, not that far away. Javon Small has proven to be the real deal, averaging almost 15 points a game. Bryce Thompson has become a little bit more of a visible leader, averaging almost 13 a game. Brandon Garrison is number two in the Big 12 at block shots a game at like 1.68, 1.7, something to that effect, which is a breath of fresh air because that used to be Musa Cisse's department. So it's nice to see that we have that. The quiet home front on what intarnation is going on with Isaiah Miranda is concerning and bothersome. If it was an injury, you think we would know about it. And guys, I've done some poking and prodding. Typically, when I do enough poking and prodding, I get uh, a decent amount of inf information. I'm not getting any on Isaiah Miranda. So I don't know if it's a class problem. I don't know if it's a personal issue, uh, him and a Boynton issue, I, if it's a crazy injury that Mike Boynton's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it would be a lot more beneficial, I would imagine, if he was available and on the floor. On the other side, we all know Kevin McCuller. He's very familiar with Big 12 country. Dude's averaging almost 20 a game. That's going to be difficult. K.J. Adams averaging almost 13 a game. Hunter Dickinson, another well-known name in Big 12 country, 
is also averaging almost 20 a game. Those stats, okay, those stats, they they, they say (laughs) that we could uh, definitely get beat up a bit in this one, but that's not the entirety of the story. Not only that, we've got some positives here. Guys, Bryce Thompson's only like 14 points away from joining the 1,000-point club, uh, which would put him alongside a few other Cowboys right now that are already on the roster that have scored 1,000 points in college basketball, and both Javon Small and Jerry Hicklin. So we could have three Cowboys in the 1,000-point club, which is pretty rare. That would be a nice feat to accomplish in this game. Another, I would say, pretty good benefit here is if we continue to get more out of Bryce Thompson, then we're going to have a chance. If we continue to see what Brendan Garrison can do, we're going to have a chance. We have a chance in this game. But it's not going to be easy. And, and why is it a must win? Because we have like 15 games left, okay? Like 11 of them, 10 or 11 of them. I think it's 11 of the, the last 15 games are all against ranked opponents, which is massive opportunities. Being 0-3, gets a little bit easier if you start reeling off some of these W's. But again, I'll say it, 15 games left. Not a lot of time. Is this the last 15 games we ever watched Coach Mike Boynton on the sidelines? Is this the last 77 days of his existence as an Oklahoma State Cowboy coach? These two numbers are significant. You're going to have to go above 500 or a minimum 500 in conference to have a shot at a postseason. You're already on three. So statistically, the odds are not in your favor. Now, in in the poll, obviously, another poll that almost got, I think, 250-ish, 230-ish votes, which I shouldn't be surprised, right? You guys were top five regulators coming back. So I shouldn't be surprised that the community section of the polls and stuff is pretty pretty active. Overwhelmingly, people are ready to move on from Mike Boynton, just like overwhelmingly people are ready to move on from Casey Dunn. The vote for no, he shouldn't be fired, was pretty small, but there was quite a bit of votes for one more year, like 22 23%. I found that somewhat surprising. So let me know down in the comments section why you think Mike Boynton should, in fact, get another season. I don't get it. We're in year seven. He's gotten a couple passes already because he's a phenomenal dude, great ambassador for the university, got screwed by the NCAA, had the number one overall pick, is massively successful in recruiting every single year. But it is, as we say, poop or get off the pot time. You have to win, and you have to start reeling off impressive wins right now. There's only 15 games left, and you, Mike Boynton, you only have 77 days left until your contract can change. If we got rid of Mike Boynton before April 1st, it would cost us almost 8 mil. If we waited to April 2nd, it would only cost us like 5 mil. Do I recommend waiting if we keep losing? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think that if we lose three more in a row, 
I think this should be done. No mas finito. Let Scott Sutton do the thing. Heck, let J.C. Hoyt coach the team. J.C. Hoyt coaching our men's team would literally not do any worse than Mike Boynton right now. Mike Boynton is in a must-win, in my opinion. And, and you know what? Huge shout-out to the 22 23% that said that he should get but one more year. I need to hear from y'all. I need to hear why. I'm assuming the common consensus is going to be because the class is young. The number nine-ranked recruiting class in America that is on the sidelines, they're all pretty much freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, okay. But Mike Boynton was really good at roster retention, right? There for quite some time, he was really good at keeping the veterans to come back. That did not happen this year. It didn't really happen the year previous either. The year previous, he got a pass because there was a lot of fracturing in the locker room and so there was guys in the locker room that were being pretty selfish, that were basically more worried about putting stuff on film for their transfer or, or NIL than running the sets and systems to help the Cowboys win. So that season, 2021, all those transfers, you get a little bit of a pass. But then it happened again. And most of the same group of guys that decided to regalvanize the locker room for last season, they left too. So, yeah, we're young, but we're young because, for whatever reason, Mike Boynton has lost his mojo in the last couple of years in roster retention. So we should have a Caleb Boone on this squad to help us navigate, but we don't. We should have more senior, junior-laden dudes that can help us navigate, but we don't. And that has to be on Mike Boynton. So to me, if you're in the crowd of, well, this, these guys are really young, we should give them another year, my uh, you know, combat reaction to that, combative reaction, whatever you want to call it, would be, yes, we're young, but it's his fault. It's his fault that we're having to play a bunch of freshmen, sophomores. It's his fault. It's his fault that we suck so bad at shooting in general, but more so free throw shooting. It's sad that we're right now currently wasting Javon Small. At this point in time, if we keep losing, let's cut cut the umbilical cord. He'll always go down as a great dude that loved O-State, that represented us well, but he's just not 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 a winner. Guys, I don't like it any more than you do, but it's just not winning. What is winning is getting some PWOs, especially in the slightly precarious situation we're in. We're also going to talk about winning with you, and you already know the drill, with FanDuel. You know that uh, you need to get in on the action because as the playoff season continues to heat up, so are some of the deals. Right now, the new customers get 150 bones back in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. That is 150 bones back in bonus guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. This app is so safe, it's so secure, and so super easy to use. You can maximize your potential on winnings with so many things like game parlays, over, under, 
player props, who's going to win the Heisman, the Super Bowl division, and more. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Make your next bet, your first bet, whatever bet it is, your best bet with FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now because FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Oklahoma State can put preferred walk-ons into the NFL. We have done so already a multitude of times, which is a, a wonderful thing to have as a feather in your cap. Now, when it comes to some of the PWOs that we covered on this exact program a couple weeks ago, some of them dudes have been given the green light, including the twin linemen, Ashton and Aiden from Ohio. Those big-time fellows are ready to make their, their road to Stillwater. There's a couple that we didn't get. Um, J.C. Heim and Jaron Heim. We talked about numerically, statistically, how they absolutely dominated. This is, uh, I think, guys, I think J.C. Heim is a bona fide certified power five linebacker right here, right now. But him and his brother have decided to go to Washburn. Shout out to them. They're going to absolutely kill it there. Somebody else who I just uh, was able to speak with that did not end up getting all of the PWO stuff fine-tuned and worked out is Cannon the Hammerwood. We, we discussed how the dude put up over 1,250-some-odd yards rushing his junior year, puts up another 1,340-some-odd yards rushing last season on top of having like 130-something tackles, 67 solo, 21-and-a-half-something tackles for loss. Production is production, and he's an Okie from Piedmont. Right, this is a miss. I'm sorry, y'all know I love Brian Nardo, and I do know that we are numerically currently in a pretty precarious situa- uh, situation. We've put ourselves at a, somewhat of a disadvantage because we have a crazy number of sixty-year, seventh-year guys that decided to come back that we did not account for. It's a good problem to have. But it is still a little bit of a problem when you're trying to numerically fit everything into certain scholarship spots and who can come early, who's got to wait to the spring, so on and so forth. I know that it's difficult to navigate all that. But I also know that when you miss on people, it has a negative effect, especially when you miss on Okies. And I will, I'm calling it right now. Cannon the Hammer Wood is going to be a name that we all need to pay attention to in the future. He does have a Division I offer. He gets to go visit San Diego University February 2nd. I assume that if everything goes well, he'll probably tighten that up because he's a Division I football player, and he's got a Division I offer for a reason. Yeah, that one bothers me. That one bothers me a lot. I think that kid is absolutely phenomenal. But it is what it is. We got some big-time PWOs, don't get me wrong, but I think we missed heavily, heavily, heavily on Cannon Wood and J.C. Hine. But at least we get popsicles. That's right. 
the hooting and hollering that I often do when it comes to the attendance of Gallagher Iba Arena gets to take a back seat to this ridiculousness. The product on the court is not great. The coach that is in charge of the product that's being put on the court is unfortunately right now not great. So why are we pushing free flipping popsicles and pretzels instead of free tickets or free beer? I'm pretty sure that the players on the court care more about the experience that a 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 seat crowd can provide them than they do 6,000 people, 4,000 people that get to hang out and eat flipping popsicles. Them pretzels. What are we doing? This is an atrocious promotion for what has been, unfortunately, an atrocious product being put on the court. Stop charging people money. What do you gain out of a few thousand people showing up to eat popsicles and pretzels? Do the student-athletes benefit? No. Does the crowd that travel from Lawrence benefit? No. Does anybody on campus that gives 13 hoots about cowboy basketball benefit from free popsicles when it's umpteen freezing degrees? No. Be better. Do better. Promote better. This is stupid. You need butts in the seats. And it ain't going to happen with popsicles and pretzels. You're not... Encouraging people to drive from Tulsa or Oklahoma City or wherever else for popsicles and pretzels when the product isn't worth it. Free tickets. The rest of the year is your best bet. I promise you. Or free beer. They'll buy the tickets if you'll provide the beer. All right, y'all. Sorry I got riled up. You know that's all we're going to have for this one. I love you. God bless.